Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, so this week we're going to start it off a bit differently. Dara is currently in Japan, so she won't be with us until a bit later in the podcast to the point where we had uh, we pre-recorded something for you. Uh, it's a great it's a great episode, so definitely um, stay tuned for that. Bear with me through for the through these first few minutes. Um, in terms of uh, what's coming next week, we are going to be skipping a week because. As I said, Dara is not in town, uh, so we won't be posting next week, but we'll be back the following week, uh, hopefully talking about some great, uh, interesting stories from Dara's trip, uh, but we will be posting late next, not next week, the following week. Uh, oh no, she's gone for two weeks. My apologies. So the following, following week. <laughs> um, but uh, in any case, uh, we'll definitely be back with some content soon, and as always, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, so to address why the episode from last week is no longer available, um, as I'm sure you're aware, I am definitely a work in progress and I'm learning as I go through this podcasting journey. And one of the things that I'm, I'm learning and that I you know, learned a hard lesson with last week is that there are certain lines um, between you know, my personal life and what goes on in my personal life and what we talk about on the podcast. And I blurred them uh, quite a bit last week uh, in a way that was... Um, you know, unfortunate for some people in my life and uh, in a way that they definitely did not appreciate. So uh, to to speak to that, uh, I want everyone to be aware that, you know, I'm not above apologizing or admitting when I've done something wrong. And I certainly did last week. I talked about something that um, my uh, friends found to be um, unfortunate. And I definitely also, uh, not just specifically to that incident, but uh, in general, I'm learning how to have opinions about things without, uh, you know, villainizing the person that I'm referring to or the disagreement that I'm referring to. And uh, I, I struggled with that last week uh, in my frustration about the event and in the hurt that I had felt. Uh, and I had lashed out by using, you know, some name calling and um, generally just making it out to seem like my friends were lesser because of their opinions. And I certainly don't want that opinion to be out there. My friends are amazing people. Um, they're lovely, generous, kind, great human beings. In no way are they selfish or any of the other really unfortunate things that I had said about them. So uh, I hope everybody, uh, you know, is made aware of that and um, and that my friends uh, can forgive me for my sincere lack in, lack of judgment um, and uh, and for for sort of putting some personal information out there that that shouldn't have been made public. Uh, so I'm learning as I go. And, you know, this podcasting thing has been, uh, has been an interesting challenge. And I appreciate any and all feedback about what we do or how we talk about things, what we say. Um, you know, we had some people comment on our, uh, our post last week. And to those people, we really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we can continue to bring, you know, some, some interesting content, but without uh, so much name calling. And, uh, from a place of uh, of you know love and respect instead of uh, instead of judgment, which is where I came from last week. So again, to my friends, I'm very sorry for for that. I uh, hope they can forgive me and know that I certainly think that they are great and amazing people. Um, and moving forward into into the episode, uh, we did, like I said, record some things before Dara left. Uh, it's a pretty good segment. Go ahead, give that a listen. It's going to come up uh, now. Okay, Chelsea, we're recording. 
All right. I'll cut all that out. Chelsea, what science questions do you have for me this episode? All right. Well, to recap from oh, yeah. our previous conversation. Debunked. Yeah, we were debunked. <laughs> Dara, what did we learn? <laughs> um, planes do and can and do, in fact, fly over <laughs> the polar caps. Shocking! Um, it's it is not called, too cold. <laughs> it's called the polar route. <laughs> they do it. <laughs> But it's even though it's so cold up there, um, it is one of the route flight paths that planes can take. And in fact, where could you? Where are you flying to next week? Uh, Japan. That is not the route we are gonna take. But it could. I think. But it could have been if we had shelled out for direct. Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's just funny that that's actually where you're going next week. Yeah. And we didn't think that flights flew over. Anyway. I don't Um, really know how geography works because also apparently one of the flight paths is L.A. to Copenhagen. And I guess Copenhagen is north. And so that's, you would go over a little bit and not swooshy around and then up. It's, this is the. This I think, is it, I think the it's globe like, is weird. It's like parabolic. I, yeah, you think about it's it parabolic. Like, exactly. You have to think about it like yes, you do kind of go over a little bit. Yeah, because in theory, like in theory, the when you look at a map, it looks like it's just a straight Flat, line to yeah. Copenhagen, right? Yeah. But from LA all the way across on the other side of the United States right. to Co- to Copenhagen, which is actually the, in central as east. The crow, as the yeah. crow flies, the fastest way is to central Europe. But yeah, yeah exactly, is to actually and not just go in a straight line, straight line. Yeah, and even if you're going in what you think is like a parabolic straight line, um, like straight to Copenhagen at the shortest possible distance, I guess you would in theory fly a little yeah. bit over the pole. Yeah. Also, shout out to Agatha who is yelling at us in her mind right now about our use of parabola. I'm <laughs> this is like probably not is very that thing she says? <laughs> Wait, hold on. No, not that she says, but I feel like we're like oh, we're mathematically ju- yeah, not totally correct here. Yeah. You're right. I don't even honestly ask me what a parabola is. What is a parabola? No idea. It's a line on a graph <laughs> that looks like that. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea was drawing a classic arc. Yeah, it's an arc on a graph and I can't tell you why, but it is. Yeah, someone in the comments Tell us what that function. Yeah, looks what's like. a what's a para- how come you say parabola and then parabolic? Like, cause why isn't it parabolic? Parabolic sounds <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so it's a parabolic. There you go. Yeah, I'm parabolic. glad we empirically tested. This. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the best kind of knowledge. Okay, this week, Dara, I'm gonna ask you some real great questions here. Yes. All right. So. This is a thing that I think about pretty frequently, and I have no idea why it is what it is. Um, someone has maybe tried to explain this to me in the past, but again, I don't understand. Why? Okay, let me preface this by saying I do not understand anything about technology. I vaguely understand that computers run on ones and zeros, but what that means to me is it's just complete gibberish. My general understanding of a computer is from that movie that Benedict Cumberbatch was in, where it's the mm-hmm. imitation game. Where he, yeah, that is my general understanding of computers. So, with that being said, what I often wonder is why I'm able to use Bluetooth on the subway, but I can't use Wi-Fi. What is happening with Bluetooth that, like, I can use it wherever I want and it doesn't matter if you have connection or not? What is it doing? Like, what is it? It's Bluetooth sure. is a very misleading name. Is it Bluetoothing? Sure. Like, what is that? What is that? Okay, mean? so tell me more about what you're what I doing when you're Bluetoothing. I'm connecting you're a on headset. Here. You have Bluetooth headphones. Headphones that are linked to my phone and you're listening without to a your cord. Phone. And I'm listening to my phone. Okay, great. So, <laughs> <laughs> Or my TV is linked to a speaker that is not connected to the speaker. How about that? You're doing that underground? 
Well, no, that's my <laughs> But I'm not linked to my Wi-Fi to do it. You don't yes. have to be linked to Okay. Wi-Fi. Um, but yes, I'm underground on a train, and my headphones are connected to my phone. I'm so glad this is the question. For a second, I thought you were going to ask me how computers work. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you not technical? And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to try really hard. That's my next question. And then <laughs> Gerald will yell at us. <laughs> Gerald, the coach of our Frisbee team. We love you. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so tell me how Bluetooth works, and then we'll talk about how computers work. Okay, so... It's it's kind of on the spectrum of waves and wavelengths. So when we talk about signals and waves and wavelengths, like, you know, you're kind of picturing those cartoon, like, broadcasting telecom off of a radio tower signals. Mm-hmm. You know, think of a radio tower, think of it broadcasting. Yeah, like Siri- Sirius XM radio has three. Yeah, lines exactly. Like, yeah, okay. um, so that's pretty, that's a pretty close approximation. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's exactly what happens. It's pretty much, it goes through the air. It right. travels through the air. Right. Um, and we can't see these, obviously. And you can't see yeah. these, not with our human eyes. What can we see them with? Um, good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started it. You said I couldn't see Anyways, let's, let's move away from this. <laughs> Basically, they are waves that travel through the air. Right. Um, and so in your home, when you are um, using Wi-Fi, that is... You know, something that you bought from your telecom- telecommunication company. Okay. Who we will not name because they're not paying us. Right. So. <laughs> Whatever they are. Um, um, so you, you know, purchase a thing that plugs into, that physically plugs into your wall and that connects you to a network. Yeah. That is made up of physical cords. Yes. Um, that give you access to the internet. Yes. Um, and then so the way that you get wireless... Um, what is the phi in Wi-Fi? <laughs> we have no idea. No clue. Um, so when you get the wireless, um, you know, what that is, is broadcasting from that plugged-in physical connection that is connected to the network that is being supplied by your telecommunications company, and then broadcasting those signals in your own home from your modem, router, whatever, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so if you have a device that can pick up that signal, then you have Wi-Fi. Right, so right, and I need to be able to connect to the device, and I can't connect to the device underground because the waves because there reaching. is no stupid Wi-Fi in the TTC tunnels. Right, it's one of the few transits that doesn't have Wi-Fi? that doesn't have that. Vancouver has it. Lots <sighs> of lots of subways have Wi-Fi. TTC, figure your damn shit out, okay? Anyway. In the tunnels, <laughs> um, yeah, but because you know you have and. Same thing, right? So Wi-Fi, um, because it travels, you know, it has a finite, there's a limit to the distance in which it can travel, right? So when you leave your house, you can't Wi-Fi in the hall. Like, you can't connect to your Wi-Fi when you're, like, not in your apartment. Hold on, I've had a light bulb. Let me yeah. see, because I'm going to continue this. Yeah. This is this is good. I've had a light bulb. So when I'm connecting to my Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi, like the, the, ro- the router or the modem, whatever, is sending the signal, and my phone is picking up that yeah. signal. correct. When I'm Bluetoothing, my phone is sending the signal to my headset, and so they're right near each other, so it doesn't matter what they hit or don't hit, because yeah. they can just... It... So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so, get it! <laughs> so I'm not sure what differentiates Bluetooth TM from, like, the the same technology as Wi-Fi. Um, oh, okay, because in I theory mean, it's just waves being sent. I would assume that this is all I know about Bluetooth. I'm making a logic leap here where uh-huh. this is how wi-fi works and you're 
you have a little device that can also broadcast to your headphones and your headphones has the software to pick up that signal and so you can link to your phone interesting and i assume it's waves and i assume that's you know the same way that it should work (laughs) right that's an interesting point that you just made though that bluetooth is like a quote-unquote trademark probably yeah like like tissues or kleenex like you don't say like could i have a piece of paper that is soft and my nose can i have a kleenex yeah interesting interesting so i wonder then who came up with that what it actually is called if you're not if it's if it is a trademark if we took out the trademark like Mm -hmm. in theory kleenex is the trademark but it's called like tissue or something like that that would be like the name of it and kleenex is the brand Mm -hmm. so if we like unbranded bluetooth what would it be called anyway that's a thought maybe for another time yeah or if the technology is slightly different and it is not just like i would assume they're you know it's a wireless transmission this was a yes yes that you created because yeah because i are we are you just is, is there a new segment just yes, yes, no? No, I mean, no. But, but just yes, but no, but yes, actually no, it's but also actually. just no, and I'm guessing <laughs> and making stuff up. <laughs> and helping me to sort of understand basic science. Um, yeah, basically that's what it is. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's, shout out to Reply All, yeah. who we are referencing for this segment. Yeah, um, yeah. You, but you brought me to yes, yes, insofar as I often... We'll talk this out, but I still maybe don't understand the like general concepts. But that was the first time where someone has explained it to me to a point where I could say, "I got it without you having to say it." Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was able to be like, "Oh, that's that's it. Like that's, that's you simplified it enough that I got it." So congratulations, well done. That's what teaching is. Yes, you should be a teacher. I teach. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have a PhD, so you could be a professor. I'm a. We've kind of discussed. We haven't discussed sort this. Of a pro- no. We talk about your job a lot, but I've never asked you why you don't want to be a professor. Um, you're pretty good at it. Yeah. So, even the, when you don't even the, know what you're talking the job, about, the <laughs> job, the actual job of being a professor is to be well. In my stream, would be a research professor or a principal investigator. Mm. Um. So you are, you know, the boss of your own lab, and that means that you have students and postdocs and research associates and all of those people that make a lab work. Um, and they, you run a tiny company to produce academic research for you. Mm. Um, and then sometimes you have to teach. Yes. And no one likes to do that, and they are not trained to do that. Um, the only training that they have is their accumulated wealth of knowledge Yeah. in the field that they are in, um, which apparently qualifies you to teach... 20-year-olds. Really intense scientific really information. Yeah, a dense, high level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would like I would hope that my PhD does qualify me for a certain level of expertise, yeah. but I would not um, contend that that qualifies me for teaching. Yeah, like you can be an expert and not also not be a good teacher. Yes. You happen to be both, but the so I chalk that up to being a good communicator, which is something that I am interested in, which is science communication. But anyways, <laughs> what your actual job is when you are a PI slash prof is writing, mm. and you're writing grants, and you're writing proposals, and all you do is write, and all you're doing is writing for your life. Because if you don't get funded, then you don't have a lab. Yeah. And funding and science funding in Canada, while not the worst in the world, is still super competitive and super hard to obtain. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, I think it's generally accepted that there aren't that many, like, jobs in yeah. that field. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the 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 bottlenecking of going from graduate student to postdoctoral is not that much, but the bottleneck between postdoc and becoming a PI of your own lab is enormous. Hmm. And it's just a teeny tiny job market that is like super competitive and you know I you look at your colleagues and you see the people who have the drive and you know that this is for them this is clearly what they are made to set out to do and then I look at myself and I'm just like no (laughs) no no bro um okay fair uh so now I know question number two um this is probably an easy one for you, I think. None uh, of them have been easy so far. Eh, oh, well, I mean, you're going to tell me after how computers work. Um, oh, no, you're not actually, because I won't understand even if you tell me. Uh, what are the northern lights and why do they happen? <laughs> I know what they are. There are lights that shine oh, in the sky and they're really pretty. <laughs> that I've seen them. I have actually seen them. I know that they they are based on something to do with the coldness. Because they happen in cold areas, so it must be something to do with weather and slash the area of cold places. And their light is generally something that happens with, comes in through the, the, the layers and the things refract. Anyway. I loved your explanation. Let's just <laughs> let's just say that's what just that stick is. That. That's what the northern lights are. Okay, I, I don't actually know, um, but here's what I'm gonna try to explain it as. <laughs> <laughs> Preface every answer with I don't actually know. This is actually how grad school works. Your whole your whole experience is saying I don't know, but <laughs> here's what I would guess. Perfect. Okay, so it has something to do with electromagnetic radiation. Whoa! (laughs) EMR. No, I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's... (laughs) (laughs) I just think your answer is going to sound exactly like mine. (laughs) So when we talk about the North and the South Pole... Why do they have those names? Are they southern lights? Are there such thing as southern yes. lights? Whoa, cool. That's mind blown. Okay, okay. cool. Southern when we talk about the poles, how do you think they got those names? The poles? Like why it's called a pole? Um, or how pole. does north, south, east, west work? Well, so I know like when you look at a compass, it points north because that's the like magnet is there. So like the poles are the, like it's polarized on the top and the bottom. So it's like the, it pulls the towards the pole. Yes, so most magnet. So what what is like a magnet basically in its most fundamental sense? Like does it come out of the earth? Is it a rock? Is it Yeah, it's um yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a rock. So <laughs> earth, yeah, is a big rock, which is a magnet. Whoa! <laughs> Okay, so then where do the lights come from? Okay, so this is where the electromagnetism comes in. I'm waving my hands here uh, for our listeners who cannot see me. Um, Because the Earth is magnetized, I'm making this up. Um, When the, okay, um, 
in addition to ultraviolet rays, well, actually, such as ultraviolet rays are bad for us, the sun is emitting radiation right. at us. And so what that physically presents as, as what our human eyes can see at the poles is somehow how that interaction works is that when that radiation from the sun, which is light, hits the poles, you see those wavy colors. Oh, is that actually what it is? That's so, that's interesting. I, that's what I think it is. Okay, so when the <laughs> let me see if I can re- reiterate that back to you. That's how you know somebody really learned something is that they can explain it back to you, folks. Um, so I, the sun emits radiation, yeah. and the, I mean they're all they're all waves, right? Like. Okay, when we so, talk the, about, so, so when we talk about light waves, when we right. talk about radiation, when we talk about X rays, yes. Wi Fi, like rays, waves, like, um, what's infrared, right? Also, all all of these are sun things, right? Yeah, yeah, light, yeah. yeah, things that we can see and things we cannot see, right? Right, like we can't see infrared, right? Yeah. Okay, so when the sun it emits these waves, um, and they hit the, like, polarized areas of the north and south, yeah, they create something that we can visually see as a representation of those waves. Sick! I got it! Ah! You'll hear from us next segment if this was true. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably going to be like every week we're going to say something that's completely unfounded, and then we're going to clear it up in the the future future episodes. Um, Should we circle back to you explaining a computer to me? Yeah, okay. Since I already tried to bullshit my way through <laughs> the Northern Lights, let's try to explain a computer to you. <laughs> How does a computer work? Um, so there are different parts in which we interface with the computer, right? So there's that screen, there's that keyboard, there's that visual display, which is the user interface. And we can click on things and we can type things. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like, what the matrix encoding of that is, yeah, these zeros and ones, probably, yeah, <laughs> that make that all happen. Um, and that's binary, and that does something. <laughs> <laughs> You're skipping the parts that are the most, like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand them either. Yeah. But, um, so that's, like, what we can visually interact with, right? And, you know... Encoded in those zeros and ones are computer languages that people have programmed to make that world. Like, we had to talk, develop a way for humans to talk to the computer. Mm-hmm. And so that comes in as those computer languages where we can, you know, tell the machine to do things and then it executes yeah, our vision. Yeah. Um, and then what to get even down a level is you know what does that hard hardware look like and then that encoding would be you know if you opened up a computer and you looked inside there might be like a computer chip and that's where you know there might and that's where things happen maybe data is stored there so here's what i'm hearing right now and this is what i knew before you started talking and it's still what i know there are things in a computer that we put together that mm. create some kind of magic 
thing yeah. that results in me being able to use a screen and touch things and do things. Yeah. But what happens from chip to to motherboard to whatever, like what is happening in those steps is what mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. So yeah, what's happening that's... in those steps is like, okay. So kind of what I'm trying to distill very badly here is that there is the interface in which we know and is pretty and understand, mm. and then there is the hardware, which is like the heart of the computer, right? So the computer chip. And that level of abstraction of getting from here to talking to the computer is the language that we use mm. as humans to talk to the computer and that programs things. And then what that programming actually does on a physical level is store that data in a very teeny tiny way Mm. as maybe zeros and ones. Right. And so when we think about zeros and ones, we can think about that in a physical sense on that chip as a tiny little place in that chip that is representing that information. And that information could be, you know, up or down. Right. Um, And that's physically what the thing is doing and storing the data as and you know we've gone from you know up and down on a computer chip to you know what this looks like yeah and what we know pointing to our computer. as a computer <laughs> and like we can click on and type on right okay um i still generally feel like computers are magic um yes. but I kind of, yeah, okay. I kind of have, like, a mildly better understanding. Uh, But that being said, I I think they're, like... Also, sorry, this just popped in my head. I know I've mentioned this in the podcast. I work for an organization that trains youth in IT skills, including Mm. hardware. Mm -hmm. So, 100% all of the youth in our program are smarter than me when it comes to this stuff. Um, I don't teach the program. I just work for it. But anyway, um, that's just a side note that I don't know anything about what I do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like kind of like I grasp the concept that like something is happening with the, the information that you're providing the computer through pushing the key. And that is just like being like the, the translation of the computer yeah. to the screen that I, that's like, okay, yeah, there's uh-huh. something just like sending it to the screen. Mm-hmm. Like me seeing it and interfacing with it isn't necessarily where my question is. It's more like, how am I taking like how am I taking sounds and like like music and then putting it into a yeah. box that sends it out to my ear like why is it anyway that's mm-hmm. where and I, I don't know how I will it's too abstract for me to understand that like, I'm not really oh yeah I'm not I good with technical abstraction understand. yeah whereas like abstract concepts like philosophical concepts um, and you know social science concepts that are abstract I do totally fine with those I can grasp those no problem but like physical abstractions it's why I find like the concepts of space and math just like beyond me because I'm like these are things that should be physical but aren't and yeah. so therefore I like I, I don't get them yeah space is a, is a big one like the the universe is expanding, but what does that mean? Okay, we'll get into that. Another, that's a whole other. Please question. don't ask me that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that those were my questions today. I wanted to pose this maybe for our next segment. Um, that perhaps while I ask you science questions, you could ask me social science questions. Yes, or I can ask you what you've memorized. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea is obsessed with memorizing things. I am, but like. So a girl I work with um, mentioned that she also likes to memorize. So where I was like, oh, I like to memorize, you know, 
um, the U.S. presidents from earliest to most recent, or I did also just recently, I memorized the 50 states in alphabetical order. I'm just also memorized all the countries in Africa. Those are the kinds of things I like to memorize. And she was like, oh, I memorized the first 100 digits, or first 50 digits of pi. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, like that is like beyond me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. Anyway, the difference in our interest levels. But yes, I just recently started memorizing the U.S. presidents from... Washington to Obama because the newest one doesn't count. Um, And uh, and I've gotten through. I split them into three columns. Like there's like 15 presidents per column. I just said that, but I don't know if it's true. 45, 45. yeah, 45, yeah. Around our 46. We're on 46, I think. Yeah, maybe 45. I can't. Whatever. I'll know at some point when I memorize them all. But I've done the first column, so I've got about 15 Mm -hmm. in under my belt now. And I just learned all 50 U.S. states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I cannot wait to interview you for this segment because as curious as I am about what you've been memorizing, I am what? more curious about why. <laughs> why, Chelsea? What drives you? This is a great question. Who hurt you <laughs> in your childhood? <laughs> uh, this is a really good question. Um, I want to pretend like there's some really deep answer, but there probably isn't. Anyway, we can But maybe that. we will get to that deep yeah, answer. Maybe. Um, all right. Well, that was all my questions for this week. You did great. You taught me some things. Uh, Dara, I'll see you in the fields. Chelsea, I'll see you on the field. <laughs>